there, it's me, Brianna. Um, you are listening to No Limits, a PlayStation podcast. Um, we're going to talk about a lot of fun stuff today. My most exciting is there's been some Rise of the Ronin leaks, so looking forward to that. We'll see you after the intro. Welcome back from the intro. Did you get to listen to it that time, Sam? I actually did. That's one yes. of the few times that it's actually played where I haven't just been sat in silence. So. Yes. Okay. We love that. Okay. Wait, no, wait how did you how did you know that? I didn't. I was just asking because I know it doesn't play guess. for you. <laughs> yeah. I see. It's just coincidental that the one time you asked is actually the one time it actually played for me. Yeah. I didn't know whether you had done something different. To what Taylor no. normally does, and therefore, you know, but hey, yeah. I mean, to be fair, I I am the one that clicked play, so it's coming from a California thing that is, versus like a Washington thing. Potentially, that makes a difference. That probably that it makes less sense because technically California is further away. But not that that has anything to do with it. But if it does, then that wouldn't make any sense. I don't know. Nevertheless. <laughs> Uh, I should I should have been smarter there. I should have been like, yeah, because I have a camera in your room or something. But I wasn't quick enough. Yeah. Oh well. Um. All right. Well, remember, <laughs> remember, you can find the video version of this podcast over on YouTube.com/slash/SafeBeginMedia every Tuesday. While you're over there, please subscribe to the channel. If you would rather listen to audio, we are on all your favorite podcast services, and would love it if you could leave us a review. Um, it does help us grow, and we love feedback. If you do uh, want to, this is Sam's favorite part. Um, if you do want to support us and get early access to Save the Game Media content, head over to patreon.com slash Save the Game Media and choose the tier that works best for you. Now here's my little spiel. It starts at $1, literally $1. <laughs> and once we reach 1,000 patrons, so it doesn't have to be a bunch of people giving a ton of money. We're not setting a monetary goal. We're setting the amount of people goal. So spread the word. Get your friends to subscribe to the Patreon. <laughs> Once we get to a thousand patrons, Kevin gets his butt tattooed. So we gotta work, we gotta work towards this. So shout out to our current patrons. Um, Bucky Blue, Amon, Fabulous Brianna, Brianna's mom, Brianna's brother, Brianna's wife, Nicolette at Night, Cypher Primus, Brendan Myers, Marcus O'Neill, Lillian, Mimi J, the Stack Network, David Hotright, Dave Harp, the Xbox Expansion Pass, and Alpaca Tom. Um, so yeah. Patreon.com slash Save the Game Media to check it out. Um, you can also interact with us in the Discord. Uh, David Hotright just recently joined our Discord. It was really cool. He's like, well, now that Twitter is dying, I'll come hang out over here. <laughs> Rest in peace. Um, so come hang out in the Discord. The link's everywhere. We've linked the Discord everywhere. So now that we made it through that, Sam's favorite part of the whole show. Um, <laughs> what have you been playing recently? What have you been up to? All that fun stuff um well to to no one's surprise it's been uh <clears throat> mainly final fantasy 16. um mm -hmm. i i can't remember what stage i was at last week i think i said that i had gotten like part way through a second playthrough um since then i have finished that playthrough earned the platinum um 
you know. Uh, I, I, I think, as I said last week, I think I need time to digest it a bit more. Mm-hmm. But I think as as time goes on, and and you know, technically it's at most like a week of distance from it currently. But even within then, the, the every day I'm thinking about it and sort of reflecting on it, and I'm not souring my opinion. It, it's strengthening. Um, so I think that given more time. I think it probably will end up being my favorite game of all time. Um, oh, okay. Not because not because it's perfect or anything, but just because everything that it does, it does very well, and it delivers to me everything that I'm looking for from a game. Um, I'm very much a story first person. Um, I obviously gameplay is is still a very key component to that, but I think that the gameplay of Final Fantasy 16 is excellent as well. Um, so it, you know, yes, it might not do RPG as well as technically other Final Fantasies or even just other RPGs in general. But then you get into the thing of like, well, isn't basically every game nowadays RPG because it's got RPG elements and skills. <laughs> and you know equipment that you can gear and stuff it's like well i think that arguably the game would have been better without it without that stuff but then it's a damned if you do damned if you don't like i think it would have gotten maligned even more by those that wish to you know detract from it and its success and, and sort of praise by saying that those elements weren't there at all and they've compl- been completely abandoned, mm. you know. And and I'm going to set the record straight on, on a couple of things because I think it's worth saying. Um, it's not copium. I'm not jumping to the defense for no reason. But there have been quite a few people saying things about Final Fantasy 16 that I think are just categorically untrue. Um, and uh, you know, I'm, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna name any names, but some, some of them are within, the, say, the Gear community. Um, one of which is that Final Fantasy 16 isn't a Final Fantasy game, and I just think that that's not even that there is not an ounce of truth to that at all. And this is coming there from someone who, who doesn't and hasn't really played any other Final Fantasies, really, outside of 15 recently. Um, Because even me, as an outsider, very much knows, and I'm sure that they know as well, but I think that they are, it's a hurdle that they're just not willing to jump over. Final Fantasy has never been a series that rests on its laurels and sticks to one thing. Now, yes, technically, does it remain within one kind of space most of the time? Sure. Mm Mm-hmm. But we've seen plenty of iterations, and even ones that I haven't played, but I know are more action oriented. I know um, Ten Two was quite action focused, as opposed to Ten. Um, I know Thirteen was kind of making moves in that direction. Fifteen definitely was, and obviously now Sixteen is like the um, epitome of the shift from turn based to like real time combat, that kind of thing. 
Um, I think it has the the whimsy and charm that most Final Fantasies seem to have. Um, the strong focus on characters. I think people, you know, are entitled to their opinion. I think that the the party, so to speak, of Final Fantasy sixteen is as strong as any of them. Um, I think pretty much every main character and plenty of supporting characters are excellently fleshed out and, and well-written and likable, um, flawed human beings. Um, and then the, the main thing, because I think that, you know, people can argue what Final Fantasy means to them. I think that having the ca that caveat on the end of it means that the, there's more of a valid argument to be made. Um, but at its core, it is still a Final Fantasy. The other thing, and I think that this is even more untrue, is people saying that Final Fantasy XVI's combat is shallow. Like, you, you're just wrong. Um, <laughs> if you think that, you either aren't far enough into the game, or I'm not trying to attack anyone. Get good. Yeah, you're just not <laughs> using the combat correctly. Um, because, and I've seen it, uh, particularly over the past few days, actually, there have been, I can't remember what the, 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 the usernames are, but there are some accounts on Twitter that historically, particularly for PlayStation titles, um, but just games in general, that have like an action focus, they'll do like super cuts and very well transitioning clips. Um, I know they've done some for like uh, Last of Us Part Two. They did some for Forbidden West, uh, Ghost of Tsushima. I'm sure there are others I'm not thinking of. And they've they've now started over the past couple of days. I've seen them um, for Final Fantasy 16, and I can attest to it. I've played through it twice. Um, you can do some insane stuff in this game. Uh, with just basic attacks that you have available to you and the iconic abilities. And it's not even, like, even if you don't believe me, the combat designer on Final Fantasy sixteen is um, uh, Ryota Suzuki. He is from Capcom. He is the lead combat guy for Devil May Cry. Devil May Cry is arguably one of the most detailed complex um high skill ceiling combat systems that there are in games you have to you know it, it's easy to pick up but very 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 difficult to master and he himself has said that the combat system in final fantasy 16 is his masterpiece so like i don't know that he he could say that when Devil May Cry is renowned specifically for its combat and the difficulty of its combat and the complexity of its combat. I don't think he would say that if he didn't believe it um, and if there wasn't some shred of truth to it. You know, I think I think if you go into a battle in Final Fantasy 16 and you're just mashing buttons and using all of your iconic abilities straight away to just chip as much health away as quickly as possible, yeah, it does become repetitive, but there are actually use cases for those abilities that if you use them at the correct times and following other moves, you can really, really build some hefty combos. Not that they ever register as combos, but 
the, the things that lead into anyway i just want to set the record straight because i think that there are some people that are maybe being put off from trying final fantasy 16 because of specifically those two things there are other things that i think are, are warranted um but those two i think are, are are just incorrect like it is about as final fantasy as you can get it's just in a different skin which is what final fantasy has always been um and the combat is admittedly maybe a little bit basic to begin with but then that is the same for literally any video game ever um you start off with a relatively basic move set where you often are repeating the same things uh but very quickly it opens up you just have to take advantage of it um so yeah that's uh that's my thing that i wanted to just get out there because i don't think we would find an opportunity we sort of had our discussions about final fantasy 16 already so i thought i wanted to just get that out into the world and hopefully if there is someone listening that maybe was a bit on the fence and a little bit put off by someone saying that the combat is shallow or that it's not really a final fantasy e game um i would argue the complete opposite i would argue the opposite as well um i think that like uh, people in the Discord like to make fun of me because I've played so much Final Fantasy, Final Fantasy 14, but I promise mm. I have played other Final Fantasy games as well. And this is definitely a Final Fantasy game. And um, although I think that I'm kind of, I don't think the combat is shallow, but I do think I'm bad at the combat. <laughs> sure. I, sure. I can recognize, like, I should probably be chaining these combos, but I'm doing enough damage and I don't really, like, care. So. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. So I wouldn't say that the combat is shallow, but I would also say that like I'm probably not like taking advantage of it. So that's fine. Um, you know. But yeah, I do. One thing I really love about the combat, and I think that this is like pulling obviously from Final Fantasy 14. Um, if you've played Final Final Fantasy 14, when you get to the higher end bosses and raids, they no longer project where um, abilities are going to hit. Like when you get to the high end stuff, you just have to know like the boss's dialogue and casting sounds and like movements and stuff like that. And then you have to move out of the way for those abilities. This combat system has something very similar with those bigger fights where they'll say what they're casting and you kind of have to know like how that attack is going to project rather than it showing you where it's going to project. Mm -hmm. um, which is again, remnant of like a Final Fantasy 14 combat style. And I really enjoy it. And yeah. the high end rates. So that's what makes the high end rates so hard because you gotta memorize where you gotta go and stuff. It's fun. Yeah. I mean the the new game plus Final Fantasy mode on 16 is a real SOB, let me tell you. It's <laughs> yeah. It, I mean it was fun, like you know, uh for people that don't know, it's you get access to new weapons. Um I, I think this is something that is quite common in, in other Final Fantasies. Correct me if I'm wrong, Brie, but you get access to like some, uh, the Ultima weapon. Oh, yeah. Um, Makes sense. Which I think is, is a staple. Uh, yeah, in, Ultima in is a staple, Fantasies. general. Um, you get access to that, which is like the best weapon in the game. Uh, you have to do very specific things to craft it, which I won't say what they are. Um, and then every single enemy encounter, um, besides bosses, obviously, um are somewhat randomized so you can kind of get what would typically be in your initial playthrough late game enemies within the first 
hour of gameplay. Um, so it keeps you on your toes, which is nice. It's not you're just retreading the same thing. Um, so thoroughly worthwhile. I think if you enjoy your first playthrough, I, I very much recommend going for uh, the, the New Game Plus playthrough. And you can skip the cutscenes if you want. That's what I did. Mm. Why would I skip Clive? That is a good question. It's something that I, I tossed and turned with. I was like, should I be doing this? Um, you know, and Sid. Like, why would I want to skip out on Sid? Uh -huh. mm -hmm. I did it. 100%. I don't feel good oh, about it. A betrayal. Yeah. But I did it. Yeah. Okay, I'm sure you'll play this game again at some point. Oh, I, I most certainly will. I think this is the kind of thing I'll go back to, not necessarily every year, but like close to that. I yeah. think I could very easily see myself, not necessarily like hundred percent playthrough, but just going for like a, a basic story run, just to dip my toe back into the the vibes that this game gives. Yeah, which are immaculate in my opinion. I'm a check vibe. <laughs> uh, yeah. I um, have you been playing? I played a little bit of this on Monday. And then I haven't played any video games since. God damn. Yeah. Um, I've been watching. Well, I've been really busy um, this week uh, in general. But mm -hmm. I have been watching a little bit more and reading a little bit more than I have been, like, playing games. So I read... <laughs> Um, Chojin X, um, volume two. Chojin X is the manga. Uh, it's the new manga from the person who did Tokyo Ghoul for people who are familiar. Speaking of, I'm so excited about this. This is like so gross, but I got this new bracelet. It's a Tokyo Ghoul bracelet and I haven't been able to wear it yet, but it is a centipede, which is really gross. But if you watch Tokyo Ghoul, you know, anyways, or read it. Um, so I read that and then what else did I read? Um, a lot of manga, um, like specifically manhwa, but um, been reading a lot of that and webtoons and stuff. Um, what else have I been doing? Oh, uh, watching anime. The new season is starting up. Watch the first episode of Jujutsu Kaisen season two. Oh, oh, so freaking good. That show is so good. I'm so glad I have a Jujutsu Kaisen tattoo. I love that show so much. Anyways, <laughs> um, finished Oshinoko. I gave it 9.5 out of 10. Um, finished Skip and Loafer. Or Skip and Loaf? Skip and Loaf. Um, and gave that a 10 out of 10. And I bought all of the manga. Um, last thing I watched last night uh, was Robot and Frank. I always want to say Frank and Robot, but I believe it's Robot and Frank. It is. Um, watched that last night. Um, had a good cry and then went to sleep. It was great. Cool. Cool. That's that's what I've been up to. Anyways. Getting a bit of variety in there. That's good. I do my best, but it doesn't have to all be about video games, you know. Yeah, I I think my real problem is that again, we're going back to the same thing. I think I just watch too much TikTok and I don't have enough time to do anything else. What so yeah, when you say you don't have enough time, it's just the I watch a lot of TikTok. Yeah. Yeah. It's already got its hooks in you that you can't be saved. I could be saved. 
but do I you want could to just be delete saved? The app, you know, I could. That's the thing. I also have a limiter on it, and I just ignore the limiter. <laughs> Hope is lost. It's okay. It's okay. We'll make it eventually. <laughs> um. Okay. Are you ready to jump into the news? Why Dive not? in, swim around in the news. Okay. <laughs> Let me write down this time code, 2029. Okay. Uh, so, sorry, clicking on the link. I right-clicked instead of actually clicked. I don't know why I did that. Um, so this, so we're kind of covering, just so everybody's aware, we did a very focused episode last week, which did have news in it, but it was very focused news. So we missed a couple pieces last week, and then we also have some new news from this week as well. So it'll be kind of a mixture of both, just so everybody understands what's going on. Um, so Sony is expected to release a PlayStation 5 Slim later this year, priced at $399.99, Microsoft said. Um, let's see. So uh, Microsoft believes Sony will release a PlayStation 5 Slim later this year, priced at that amount, according to a court document. The document was released as part of the trial. Um, in a paragraph on price, Microsoft attempted to convince Judge Jacqueline Scott Corley the uh, Nintendo Switch should be considered in the same market as the Xbox Series. Sorry, I can't even take that seriously. Um, okay, let's see. Uh, PlayStation is likewise uh, likewise sells a less expensive digital edition and is expected to release a PlayStation 5 Slim later this year to reduce price point. Um, Sony is also anticipated to release a handheld version of PlayStation 5 later this year for under 300. This is the uh, announced Project Q, which is the handheld game streaming device. I forgot this existed already, to be honest. Um, that wireless, wirelessly connects to the PlayStation 5. Sony has yet to announce a release date. Um, the PlayStation 5 Slim existence doesn't come as much as a surprise. Obviously, there's always been a Slim for two, three generations, something like that. So, nothing surprising here. Um, let's see. <laughs> yep, yeah, I think that's it for this. Um, this is written by Wesley Yinpool at IGN. Um, I don't think I'll be getting the slim, but I'm interested to see it. What if they release Spider-Man 2 slim PlayStation 5? No, I've already, <laughs> they've already taken, Spider-Man 2 has already taken too much of my money. I can't, <clears throat> I can't, I can't do double what I've already paid for that game. Just to have something i'm very happy with my my black ps5 it's you know i like my controller black face plates it's, um, it's pristine beautiful um i the, i suppose i'm i'm glad that this is the case rather than them going for like a pro model because i think that just by how this current console generation has played out we and not necessarily that this would exclude the potential of a pro model coming to market but we haven't really even seen on either console whether it's xbox or, or playstation uh any title that actually fully takes advantage of the mm -hmm. hardware um like the closest things would be 
the Sony first party stuff that we've got, Forbidden West, Ragnarok, that kind of thing. Um, but even then, those were cross-gen. So it's like, yes, they look much better than anything on PS4, but they are literally built to run on that hardware as well. Um, so I I'm glad that they aren't pushing for like, a a new model of the ps5 that has even better features it's like well we haven't taken advantage of the ones that we've been given to begin with yet so what's the point um i i don't know whether Money. it's inevitable <laughs> i don't know whether it's an inevitable that a pro will eventually come because typically uh... you would say yes typically you would say yes because they always have, especially for the past couple. They the guesstimate was like four years from now is when the next consoles are going to hit, right? Which is why I would think if I would say like in two years if they're going to like two. But years even then, the I feel like gen. that's I feel like that's then too close to the next console launch. Do you know what I mean? Like I'm sure it would still make money. People would still buy them. But that's kind of like what the pros are, right? Or at least in my experience is that the pro releases fairly close to the end of the cycle and it's for people who aren't ready to jump to the next generation yet. I, and I, also just to get the money. I guess, but even saying like two years, that still feels too close. Because, um, you know, not that it's exactly two years out or anything, but like around that time you would probably start hearing sort of little little whispers you know, trickles Rumbling. and rumors of the the hardware for the ps6 um obviously mm -hmm. it would be get like an official full reveal a year out just under probably mm -hmm. but still i think like there would be a lot of people that would be clued into the fact that we are probably closer to getting a ps6 than we are not you know if, if that makes mm. sense so yeah. most would probably wait particularly again with just how this console gen has gone thus far in terms yeah, of the amount of cross gen stuff and yeah that, i mean the thing is is you're you're not wrong it does feel weird for it to be hitting in two years but at the same time like a lot of the decisions that they make are for money rather than like does this make sense <laughs> to a consumer um but then the, so, could the argument be made that, you know, is it is it better for them to do like this new slim model and then mm -hmm. just coast that out rather than having multiple, not that they would be well, that different, but having multiple like skews of the console. Yeah, because um, right now they, they're going to have three. Exactly. Kind of four with, with Q. Project Q. I don't think that counts. Yeah, I feel like it kind of counts, but right, but it's not a console in its in its own right. You have to have one of the other ones for it to work. Mm, it's not yeah. native. You're streaming. Yeah, that's so true. It's, it's more it's more a premium accessory than anything else. Mm, if it fair. if it actually had like built in hardware that could run games natively, like the Vita, you... rest in peace. Um, rest in peace. Then it, it I guess it would be a console, but I think it is more like a a peripheral. It sounds yeah, weird I mean, to say, but I think that that is where it would fall in line with. I don't think I'm going to be buying that. I'm just going to be honest. Absolutely not. Yeah. 
unless it's like if it's under it would have to be really cheap for me to get it i'm under, not even gonna if try <laughs> if it's under 120 i'd consider it but it's not going to be so so that what you can like go down like like go to like the dining room and play like i don't know listen, versus your room listen. With my back the way it is, sometimes I need to just go lie down on my bed flat. And then I don't want to be like craning my neck at my TV, which I can't move the TV because it's hinged on the wall up there. So it's like for, for convenience's sake. Can I ask you a question? Have you You're heard probably of... going to anyway. I am going to. Have you heard of the Nintendo Switch? <laughs> Yeah, but do, do you know what the Nintendo Switch doesn't have? What? PlayStation games. No, but it has Nintendo games, which are pretty damn I, good. I, I, I'm not a fan of. So it's Really? Like, yeah. Zelda How? isn't for me. Mario is like, I could take it no, or leave it. No, I'm convinced you're just a hater. <laughs> no, I just, I I've can't. never, I've I never can't. liked Nintendo games. The only thing that's crazy. The only thing that's that's even potentially made me consider getting a switch was the initial craze that started with Animal Crossing. Oh, I love Animal Crossing mm. so much. Because like not that even I don't even like those kind of games, a sort of Stargy Valley-esque type, you know, yeah. in that vein. I'm not a fan of those games, but just the craze that was going on at the beginning of the pandemic over it. Yeah. I, I felt I felt FOMO in a sense that I have never felt with any other Nintendo game ever. So I was like, if anything was going to get me to buy one, it would have been that. <clears throat> and I didn't. So, yeah. I mean, the thing is, is that like the, the thing with like those kinds of games, <clears throat> is, is like specifically like Stardew Valley and um, Animal Crossing, those two games, while they are of like, like a certain genre, even if you don't like the genre, those games are kind of above the genre or like beside the genre because like people that don't even play those games like those games still. So like, I think you would have still had a great time, but. Oh, I, I know if I had played Animal Crossing, I would have enjoyed it, but it was just like, I was thinking, well, it's, it's quite expensive. Yeah. Um, particularly at that time to, to get one with the game. And I was like, I don't know that I'm really going to play anything else. So I was like, yeah. I would be purchasing it basic. Not that I wouldn't have probably got like Odyssey and maybe I would have got Breath of the Wild or, or Tears. There's or a bunch of really but... cool indie games on the Switch as well. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, my feelings are hurt, but we can move on to the next. This story. is a PlayStation podcast. <laughs> Get that stuff out of here. Yeah, but I have a Nintendo tattoo. <laughs> Branded traitor. <laughs> Don't worry. As soon as I get enough tattoos, I think I'm going to get the sacred symbols on my hands. So, On your hands? Yeah, I think so. I haven't decided for sure yet. Either that or like on my arm right here. Something like that. Mm -hmm. So I will have a tattoo from PlayStation at one point. It's just that like you're supposed to build down on your arms rather than up because it's weird if you just have like tattoos down here versus like up here. It's like a faux pas. So eventually. Interesting. Okay. 
well speaking of playstation stuff finally <laughs> wash my mouth out uh fire sprite which is one of playstation's newest acquisitions uh they have unveiled a brand new studio space um i'm reading from their website where they have a, a dedicated blog post and they have announced that they have relocated to a new home in Liverpool's vibrant city centre. So in the good old UK, in England, love to see it. Um, you can't see this because I'm reading from a blog that you, viewer, cannot see unless you look it up yourself, which I recommend. Because the photos of the studio, it looks awesome. Mm -hmm. um, like a really cool space. Um I guess I've technically seen studio spaces that I like more, but I think for like the oh. kind of vibe that they're going for looks really cool. I, I just, I, I, I vibe with it, you know? Yeah, it does look really cool. And I believe the, I'm trying to read the, like they have, so they have Japanese katakana on the ceiling and it's like at an angle. So I can't read what it says, but I want to. Yeah. And I, I, I don't know if they really have sort of Japanese roots or anything. Um, yeah. Maybe it's maybe it's just like a a, a creative artistic choice, you know. Which yeah. again, totally. This place totally looks so for. cool. I mean, the thing is, is that like this looks very like this looks very gaming studio versus like an office. Yeah. <laughs> so it looks like yeah. what you would think it would look like, but it, it is, does it look is really a, cool. It is. Un, it is undeniably a space for creatives. <laughs> yeah. It's it's not like a an executive hang space. It's it's a, it's very hard to quantify exactly what it is about it. But you look at it and you're like, this is either where games are made or where gamers are or both. It's like <laughs> yeah, very. It's so hard to explain why, but it's just if you, you know, tell. you know, kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. This um, is. <laughs> This is exactly like my my college, like the building that had like all the video game college stuff in it. It's kind yeah. of looked like stuff like this as well. So yeah, um, there's not really too much to, to mention here because um, obviously it is just announcing the, the new studio space, um, which it looks quite expansive across all the photos that they have. Um, oh, so pod. it's clearly suggesting that PlayStation are heavily investing in them. It seems. Um, as they are most of their studios, uh, we know that Insomniac and uh, Santa Monica have had massive boosts in recent years um, to massive studio spaces, you know, with the uh, increase in, in team size and whatnot. Um, but this, this seems to be the latest of them. Uh, the one thing I will pick out from the, the, the blog post is uh, a quote which says as follows. A new chapter in our story. The move to our new studio space is a significant step forward for Fire Sprite in helping us fulfill our vision of becoming a creative powerhouse within the PlayStation Studios family. Uh, the space has been furnished and designed to reflect our creative ambitions and studio values. It celebrates our culture and achievements and is architected to suit our technical and physical needs for future growth. And they talk about collaboration and inclusiveness being key pillars of the studio. Blah, blah 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 blah. Love to hear it. Um, but yeah, th this is this is fighting talk. 
I like to I like to hear this stuff. Not that they would say anything other than this. Yeah. But for them to be say like they are striving to be a creative powerhouse and they have clearly been given the funding seemingly at least in terms of a studio space to take steps towards becoming that um mm -hmm. they, they've been quite i'm being very courteous to them they've been quite niche thus far um making very good vr games admittedly but still you know just vr games at least in recent years they, they did a few smaller projects before then but they did uh persistence they did uh horizon call of the mountain the psvr2 title with uh gorilla so yeah, i don't think it says here i have scanned through the rest of the article i think that they are branching out from vr not that they're necessarily going to stop doing vr titles yeah they did kind of say it was like an expansion thing that they they are also um just doing a regular triple a game um i'm just reading the end of the article because it might oh no no it doesn't i think um, it said it on twitter if i remember yeah I, I definitely read it somewhere it's, it, they have sort of said that they are working on a new triple a uh i a brand new ip that's triple a um that seemingly isn't vr related technically it could be i suppose but I, mm. whatever i like to see this maybe I, it's ar related maybe you know <laughs> google glass bring it back it was so close to succeeding last time i actually knew somebody that owned one hey he was the head of the tech team at netflix <laughs> if i had the disposable income i probably would have tried it out as well you know i can't even blame them this whole yeah. meta headset thing ar it's like no that's a that's a bit weird for me because then you're getting too close to ready player one stuff but at least the google i want glass, ready player one stuff i don't i want to live in the real world like that's such a dangerous I want slippery, both. Slippery no 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 i can't have both no because then you'll just start preferring the virtual stuff i mean technically we all do anyway but you know like <laughs> we just we're just running at least we can the pretend we don't from the equation <laughs> okay. at least google glass <laughs> at least the google glass kept you for the most part in uh in in reality and you didn't have a massive set of goggles strapped to your face mm -hmm. you know like it was yeah. just glasses um anyway off topic yeah i do want to so there's one of the two other things i wanted to point out from this article that i just think were really fun so um they're talking about like their space so again the collaboration and inclusiveness key pillars all that fun stuff so they've incorporated optimum accessibility a prayer room neurodivergent spaces um gender neutral bathrooms and new parent nursing areas so my real question is is i really want to see a neurodivergent space <laughs> like i want to see what that looks like because that sounds cool um but it does seem like they are trying to like be inclusive so um, the other thing that I wanted to point out is they go on this whole spiel about like the importance of creating a positive and productive work environment, all that fun stuff, right? Um, they they end it with so sprites can unwind and relax <laughs> throughout the working day. So they're calling their employees sprites, which is like probably that just brings me so much joy. <laughs> like, 
I want to work there just so I can be a Sprite. Like, that's so cute. I love it so much. Let me tell you, when I first read this the other day, mm -hmm. um, and I saw that they were in Liverpool, immediately went to look at the job listings <laughs> just job. to see if there was something. Just in case. Yeah. There wasn't that I oh. would be, uh, you know, skilled enough in. But, I, you know, I'll keep my eye out. And okay. I've uh, I've I've been looking around, just just you know, testing the waters. Okay, some I will ask out. one thing: if you do get a job there, can I have a photo of the neuro neurodivergent space? Of course. Okay. Of course. Okay, thank you. As long yeah, as there's no like NDA, like this is a special neurodivergent this is a special room, room. That you cannot <laughs> cannot expose to anybody other than employees. I'm just like um, wondering, like, is it like stuff with like textures and stuff, or is it? Like... I, I would have thought so like various yeah. stimuli that helps to yeah calm people down or you know yeah um, or keep them preoccupied if they're feeling it's just a stimming room like <laughs> yeah yeah i mean that sounds a bit weird when you say it like that but um yeah no i i <laughs> i i really hope that because that's what that's what playstation in particular have been great at doing. They've been great mm -hmm. at taking their internal first-party studios and raising them to be recognized on an industry-wide level by name mm -hmm. alone, mm -hmm. you know? And I don't think that there are many other things outside of PlayStation where you can say that. Like, I know that technically, like, like Double Fine, sure, Um but that that's not really a credit to, to, to Xbox, I wouldn't say. That is Double Fine themselves before they were acquired, were very much um renowned. Double Fine and Tim for... Schafer. Yep. Exactly. Yeah. Um yeah. like I don't think again, I'm not throwing shade. I just don't think that any other Xbox studio has that renown. Like three four three. That even then you're getting a bit vague, you know. I, I think. Yeah. yeah. Like if, if you ask people what Naughty Dog make, I I think you're far more likely for them to know or list off like Last of Us or Uncharted. I can't I cannot believe that I've met Neil Druckmann. <laughs> hey, you know. <laughs> I'm still sorry, that distracted me. Yeah. I cannot believe that I met him and shook his you should, hand. You should, and he asked me for my you name? should have said. You should have said, I know this really great English guy who is also an actor and would love to be in season two of Last of Us, you know? I was barely shake I, like I was barely speaking because I was shaking yeah. so much. Like like the whole thing, like, okay, well, we can talk about it later. But like like the whole thing, I was already like I was like, oh my god, like the truckman's right there, and he's like so cool, and like I'm so excited and so I just barely got out like like I'm sure you hear this a lot, but like like your writing is like what inspired me to be a video game writer and like I just love your work so much. And he's like, Oh, what's your name? And I was like, Brianna. <laughs> he's like, Oh, okay, nice to meet you. And then I like got, got like, any writing jobs picture? available at Naughty Dog. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I don't have got that any, kind of confidence. Uh, I was panicking. Got any internships going at Naughty Dog for writing? Yeah. Yeah. Are you looking for British people? just asking for just just for in general friends. just are you looking for a british person I know, I know one yeah. i literally know one um 
And I think I think that that sentiment is maybe to varying degrees, but I think that is shared across Gorilla. I think that is shared with Insomniac. Yeah. Um, you know, technically Bungie now. I know that they're not, that's kind of like a separate entity to this, but they're PlayStation first party. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I would love to see Fire Sprite become the next one or, or mm-hmm. one of the next ones. I think that um, particularly Bluepoint and Housemark both have that potential <gasps> as well. Housemark is the um, one I was thinking of, but yeah, Bluepoint. Blue yeah, I think is. that Bluepoint, especially if their next project is something original and not a remake, I think that they could. I really kind of want that. them to still do it, please. We just need a couple more remakes and then they can do their own thing. Just a couple no, more, please. No, please. no. <laughs> do, do you know what? I, I think what would be great is if they do a couple of original things now. So they no. do they jump to an original thing and then they maybe Split do the an origin, another original thing. And then, like, I don't know, six years down the line. That's too far. You're like, oh, there's going to be a sequel to this original IP that they've got. And then they're like, Bloodborne 2. Boom. Or oh, Bloodborne remake. Boom. You know? No, no. He, okay, wait. Okay, wait, wait. Okay. In this theoretical world, <laughs> in this theoretical world, fine. They make their original IP. They show they can make games. Then mm-hmm. they're like, oh, we're going to go back to doing remakes. They do like the whole Bloodborne remake. And then they're like, we're going back to new games. But you're familiar with it, Bloodborne too. That, see that, I think that <laughs> we're getting more to stretch territory again. I'm not sure about that one, but you never know. Yeah, yeah, you never know. <laughs> no. you, you're no, you're, they, you're right think, until I mean, you're thing, wrong. I think the thing is, is that like with with them like doing like specifically like the Demon Souls remake and doing it so well, like I think they're starting to become like they have to become familiar with like From Software's work, right? So. I think it's not a stretch to say that they could do a From Software-esque game. I don't oh, think they yeah, will do 100%. Bloodborne 2, but I would love to yeah. see them do something like that. They, they, I mean, obviously they were building off the groundwork, but with Demon Souls, they are at least somewhat versed in that sort of, you know, gameplay structure mm-hmm. and whatnot. And yeah. I guarantee that they will be able to communicate back and forth relatively frequently with FromSoft. Um so mm-hmm. I think if any studio in the industry at all has the chance or opportunity to make a Bloodborne remake or Bloodborne 2 or both, it would be Bluepoint. So if if we're go- if we're ever going to see it, it will be from Bluepoint, I think. I would agree. Ah, I love Blue Point. Okay. Um, next, we're going to go to the PlayStation Plus monthly games for July. They came out on July 4th. Um, we have Call of Duty Black Ops Cold War, Alan Wake Remastered, Boo, uh, Endling Extinction is Forever, um, which I did add to my library. I haven't downloaded, but I was like, oh, Foxes and Depression, the game. So, so hang on. I just want to clarify this because, like, mm-hmm. this is something I don't think that has ever been discussed here maybe it has but i've forgotten because my mind's a sieve um with with the with the monthly games do you always redeem all of them no why why would i want to i have zero there is no reason not to 
I don't want to play Call of Duty. I don't want that. I don't want that touching my library. That's my library. But you don't have to. You don't have to download it. It's not taking. I don't care. Place. It's in my library. It's touching my library. There's two. There's it's cooties. Okay, but what if what if a friend said to you, "I have no friends. This is this is already <laughs> stretching into territory." <laughs> okay, I give up. The, the, <laughs> yeah, it's going to stop. Um, if somebody said, "Hey, do you want to play Call of Duty with me?" I would say, "Are we even friends?" <laughs> that's fair. That's fair. Yeah, fair enough. Fair enough. I will play. I'll play first person shooters. You want to play like Overwatch two? Fine. If you want to play like Valorant, fine. You want to play. I can't even remember the name of the game. Whatever it is. Apex. Apex Legends. Fine. I'll play those games. Mm. I'm not playing Call of Duty. Fair enough. Fair enough. Okay. I just redeem everything I'll all the time. I'll play Halo. Old Halo, though. You never know, you know? You, you, you never, never know. know. So then your library is a mess, and you can never get through everything. But you, you don't have to. That's... I'm telling you that, like, I can't deal with it. <laughs> If it got, yeah. if my library got too messy, I would. There's a chance that I would literally just start a new PlayStation like account, just so I didn't have to look at it. <laughs> like, I mean, for me, I have redeemed every single oh, that's monthly crazy. game since I signed up, which probably would have been back in my day, <laughs> like 2013, maybe. Yeah, so like 10 years. A little bit earlier than that. When it, whenever the, the monthly games thing started, all the way back in the day, yeah. I've redeemed every single one without That's fail. actually crazy. I, I definitely understand, like, your whole, like, what if I want to, or, like, what if, like, you know, at some point XYZ happens. I get it. But, like, I, I just don't do that. Yeah. I mean, hey, it's fine. The, trust me, I've redeemed plenty of stuff I'm never going to touch. But it's just, like, the other thing is, is, like, I get it for free. And it's yeah. going to disappear. And I'm not going to get it for free. If I had to download them, of course, that would be a different issue. But yeah, that would be. Terrible. I guess. I guess we're, I'm just less of a stickler for for library clutter. I just I don't mind. It's not an issue for me. But I'm sure it's just yeah. overstimulating for you. All of the all the different logos and splash screens and stuff. Yeah, it is. <laughs> yeah, that's fine. That's fine. I have listen. I will delete stuff. I freak out. I'm like, this is too unorganized. This is getting deleted. Yeah, this is so. coming from someone who doesn't really finish games, doesn't it? So it's like, I know why. Do you... <laughs> yeah, I don't even know why I questioned it in the first place. Anyway, Bree, did you know? I know nothing. The PlayStation Mobile has lost yet another top executive. Um, I am reading from an article on VGC from Andy Robinson himself, who says that uh, PlayStation Mobile Division has lost another top executive weeks after confirmation of a change of leadership. Um, as reported by MobileGamer.biz, Mikhail Katkoff, who was the managing director of the recently acquired Savage Game Studios, has announced he's leaving the company less than a year after it was acquired by Sony. Um, Mikhail said, quote, I'd like to believe I've done my fair part in taking the company from zero to one. Now I'm eager to watch from the side as Najim and Mike, who I would assume are the, the new heads of the studio, 
um, take it from one to one hundred. They're co-founders. Co-founding. There we go. Um, oh yeah, I see. It's further down in the article. Uh, he ends by saying, in the same breath, I wish nothing but the best to Olive, Olivier Cortemarche and Chris Davis, who are leading PlayStation's charge onto mobile. Can't wait to play all the amazing games from all the fantastic developers. Um, says it was a relatively new studio established in 2020, um, and the confirmation of Katkov's exit comes just weeks after news of a leadership change at PlayStation Mobile. Um Nicola Sebastiani was a high-profile appointment when he joined in 2021, having previously led Apple Arcade. Over the past two years, SIE has quietly... What the hell just happened to the article? It's okay, an advert popped up, that's fine. SIE has quietly built a team of experienced mobile talent, hiring people from Apple, Kabam, Meta, Tencent, Super Evil, Megacorp, Samsung, Niantic, Singer, Riot, and more. Um... Speaking during a business briefing last year, SIE President Jim Ryan said the company expected half of its annual releases to be on PC and mobile by 2025. Jim, you just got to you got to stop saying stuff like that. Just stop it. Just stop to making stop those kind of things. <laughs> One, it's not what people want. Okay, or at least it's not what your core audience want. So you just you're gonna you're gonna make, make people upset by saying that. And two. You don't you don't know what the what the market is gonna look like in two years. On PC or on mobile, you know? Mm -hmm. I think that these like these like really high up people just say stuff though. Like when I worked at like Netflix, like Reed Hastings would just say wild stuff all the time. Like by this year, all of the content on Netflix will only be Netflix original content. And I was like, no, I did. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so. I mean, I suppose if they if they're trying to make strides into a particular corner of any given market, they they need to throw out some buzzwords and oh yeah, saucy, spicy say, say quotes, yeah. that kind of thing. Mm -hmm. Yeah, um, but yeah, I I think that ultimately it will, as it often does with these kind of things, come back to bite them in the in the ass. Really, um, <laughs> even if, even if this ends up being mostly true um, and it does sort of come to pass. I think you've seen it with the whole 60% of our budget going to live service thing. That's already going seemingly pretty badly for them and they haven't even put one out yet. Um, so technically, Technically, I think that the whole PlayStation Mobile side of things is less egregious and better. Again, even though we haven't seen anything from them yet, I think that that's arguably a better thing to do because they have studios that are first party that are specifically there to do mobile games rather than curtailing your already existing first party studios into making live service when that isn't their forte. So I think that <laughs> if if either of them e either of these strategies have a better chance of success, it's the mobile division, I think. Mm. Yeah, um, I guess we'll see. Mainly I think just because people really are more awesome like tolerant of, yeah. of mobile games, I think. Like it's becoming yeah. less of a taboo as years go on. Like more people are playing games on their phone. Whereas I think live service is 
going the opposite direction where people are becoming less and less tolerant mm. as years go on. I don't know so, if it's less tolerant or if the market is just already so saturated and there's no need to move. Sure, but I also think that by 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 extension, on top of that, the whole the 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 continuous attempts to create the next big live service that then get shut down six, 12 months later is like it's becoming so vapid. And so, like, you can already read the tea leaves for most of the live service games that are coming out yeah. these days. That's Th fair. There are maybe a couple of surprises that catch you off guard and do stick around. But most of the time you're like, yeah, it's fun. And it's clearly, it's got a lot of buzz for the two weeks around its debut. But you can kind of tell that this time next year, it will either have very little support or just be cut <clears> off dead. Yeah. Um, so I think I think that that's that maybe yeah, like tolerant isn't necessarily the right word, but I think that there is there is less um, less. I was going to say mercy, but that's not the right word either. But I guess, actually, no, yeah, mercy is a good word. People are more open to a new mobile game than they are to yet another attempt at a live service that ultimately is relatively generic because it's trying to appeal to a mass market, mm -hmm. you know? Yeah, for sure. So it sucks. There's that, just uh, too much money there. <laughs> They're like, yeah, so drawn. Yeah. They're like, if this hits, this is going to get us a lot of money. But again, like, I think that that's why mobile is a, is a better strategy. Cause I think yeah. that as much as the mobile market is again, like, oversaturated for sure i think the perception isn't quite the same because yeah. i think that just because the market is so different to live service on a console or pc no that's fair um and because really i think i think what it is is that with every new live service game that gets announced they try to make as big of a splash as possible right pretty much every single one that comes out because they aren't coming out in massive quantities, but they are in relatively numerous amounts. And every single one is trying to convey the same type of message that we're the new biggest hot thing. Mm -hmm. Whereas so many mobile games come out every single day and just go under the radar and nobody really talks about them. Yeah. that's fair. So if you want to make a splash, getting a, a proper playstation high quality ip whether it's an established ip or a new one on mobile if that hits it can also be a cash cow like a live service but you're far more likely to find a receptive audience i think yeah that's fair so but still sucks that seemingly uh the mobile division is is having difficulties regardless um, still yeah. a lot of growing pains, it seems, as they try to venture into new markets. Yeah. It, it almost as if they should just stick to what they're good at, you know? Who was making would the money do that? Already. Who would stick to what they're good at? That is so, so crazy talk. It's, it's always more money. It's not that we're making yes. good money. It's that we need more. Absolutely. Makes perfect sense. Yep. All right. Well, let's move on. Speaking of making money, let's move on to this. 
Lord of the Rings, uh, Gollum Studio, uh, Daedalic, is that how you say that? Reportedly yeah. lays off 25 employees exiting game development. <laughs> the second Lord of the Rings game has been canned. <laughs> Damn it. Dude, okay, listen, I love Lord of the Rings, but man, <laughs> I'm kind of excited. I'm glad. <laughs> yeah. Um. Okay, let's see. So Gollum, which was announced in 2019 for release in 2021, finally arrived last month in terms of our timeline. So 2023, following numerous setbacks and delays, its reception was less than positive, however, with Eurogames Christian Donlin calling it, quote, a well-intentioned mess in his one out of five review. <laughs> it was something of a surprise then when reports surfaced in the <laughs> was currently working on a second Lord of the Rings game. Oh my gosh. According to German website Games Wurzschaft, what? However, that the that game, which has reportedly been in the works since mid-2022, is no war, with development now cancelled as part of Dalek's uh, sudden decision to shift away from development and solely into pu publishing following Gollum's poor reception. <laughs> Yeah. In a statement provided I mean, for the website, as per Google's Translate, I've, but I've reached out to Datalik for confirmation of the news and official translation. Datalik said 25 out of uh, a team of more than 90 would lose their jobs as a result of the company's shift in focus. Quote, we value each and every member of our team and it is important to us that the transition goes as smoothly as possible. Therefore, we will support our former employees in finding new opportunities within our network. This is from a company spokesperson. But that's about it. Go ahead, Sam. What were you going to say about this exciting news from Matt Wales at Eurogamer? Just saying that it was inevitable, I think. Um, <laughs> I guess technically there, there could have been a, a timeline that exists out there in the in the universe that they uh, just kept on trying. But ultimately, I think this is probably for the best. Um, you know, it sucks to see anybody lose jobs. Um but yeah, like I, neither of us have played Gollum. We're never going to. I mean, I, I suppose never say never. I might do it for a joke <laughs> one day. You do it for um, the platinum. Don't no, lie. Christ, no, <laughs> no. Don't no. lie to me. Um, I did. I I did look because I I was like because I, I heard that it was somewhat short, and I was like, well, if it's ever released as a PS Plus game, would I do it? And I looked it up, and you have to do multiple playthroughs. And I'm just—I don't know that I can subject myself to that. Like there, there are many things I will do for a platinum brie. You know this. <laughs> I do know this. Yeah, but, <laughs> but like that ready is to not twerk. one of them. Yeah, that is not one of them. Mm -hmm. um, because I've seen plenty of gameplay of Gorm, um, and I've played—I've played some odd games. I've played some bizarre games. Very, very, very rarely have I played an objectively bad game. Mm. Um, and often it's been an objectively bad game that is kind of like endearingly bad. If I've done it, that isn't what Gollum is. It's just bad. We should try more so... of the chicken. <laughs> Again, never say never, you know, maybe. Maybe. Oh, yeah, and also like like you say, we're both we're both fans of Lord of the Rings. I just I, love I think the if they D 
did release whatever this second Lord of the Rings game was. Particularly because it was even more, it, it was even faster of a turnaround, seemingly, because there were reports that it could have released next year, this second game. With that quick of a turnaround, I don't see it being better than Gollum. Um, I mean, you never know. We will never know. But I doubt it. Mm-hmm. It probably would have been on par. Um, and I, I don't think that the team deserve that um, flack that they would receive. And I don't think that the Lord of the Rings IP needs it. Um, you know, Lord of the Rings is an IP that still needs to be mined in terms of video games. There are, there's so much potential out there. The old PS2 games, excellent, loved them. Um, some of the more recent attempts, the online stuff, the mobile stuff, not for me. But then, like the Shadow of Mordor, Shadow of War games, loved those. Those were mm-hmm. great. Um, we need more stuff in in that vein, a third person, third person action adventure. Um, I really enjoyed the Nemesis system in that game. Yeah, I thought that was really interesting. Yeah, well, they're they're bringing that back for the uh, Wonder Woman game they're doing. Um, one mm. but yes like i think that regardless of whether the nemesis is in there or not i think it, it's a good fit for that universe but um there's there's so much potential there and i don't think that sullying the sort of um legacy and uh reputation of the ip would be would be worth it yeah so Sucks, sucks for those employees. Sucks for Daedalic, but I think that ultimately they they've made the correct choice. I agree, because man, oh, what a time! Yeah. <laughs> okay, you ready for this next one? Yeah, I, I, you said at the top of this, this is something you wanted to talk about. So, do you want to read the story? No, it's okay. You can read it because I, I'm not gonna really know what I'm talking about. I'll give it a go if if you got it. Okay. Uh, Details and screenshots have leaked for PlayStation 5 console-exclusive Rise of the Ronin via a Discord server run by the former insider, The Snitch. Um, They feature a look at the map, a quest description, and what looks like symbols for a skill tree. Uh, This is the obviously upcoming open-worldy action game from Team Ninja. That has been described as a mix of Assassin's Creed, Ghost of Tsushima, and Dark Souls. Uh, it then claimed that item descriptions link into the lore fueling the wider world, which is very akin to FromSoft titles. Um, but the design of side quests is a lot more like the Ubisoft formula. You'll be able to pick between various difficulty options. There'll be skill and technique trees. All of this seems relatively standard for games nowadays. Um, you'll be able to choose between quality and performance. Romance options will also be a thing. And the, the, I suppose the crux of the, the, the big thing here is that seemingly the game is planned for release in Q1 of 2024. Um, if that is the case, this article from Push Square does say that there's a good chance that we'll see more of it this year, perhaps in a state of play or another PlayStation showcase. Please, I beg to God for the latter. Um, 
it was always slated to come out next year, Rise of the Ronin, but this leak does suggest that it will be within the first few months. Um, for now, we know that the game is an open-world action RPG from, again, Team Ninja, who did Neo and the uh, recently released Wolong Fallen Dynasty. How many teams do you think they have over there? Because Wolong just came out. It did. Uh, probably two, Maybe I would have thought. Just two? Okay. Uh, I mean, uh, maybe more but if if uh if the cadence is like neo 2 into wolong into rise of the ronin and then whatever the wolong team is working on next maybe yeah maybe just two that seems to be like the standard Probably. for most studios but there there could be more i don't know but uh yeah, I mean, I, I, I obviously we we have both seen the. Um, I haven't watched it in quite a while, but the the trailer for Rise of the Ronin that was shown at some point, I can't remember where it was shown at a PlayStation thing. Um, it, was. it wasn't the showcase that's so just good. gone. It, w it must have been a state of play last year potentially. Yeah, that sounds. I about think right. that sounds right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so we've only seen that one trailer for it, but obviously with these new leaked images that are available via the State article. Say display so September 2022. Yeah. Um, it, I remember it looking cool. Mm -hmm. I I think I need to see more to see what how it differentiates itself. Um, you know, because... A, a Ubisoft Assassin's Creed -y thing set in Fuel of Japan that's just Ghost of Tsushima. Um so like show me show me what the, this game's USP is. Yeah, but here here's my thing. And I'm not saying it can't happen, but Team Ninja hasn't had a flop. No, that's correct. So Probably I, 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 I have faith that it will be good. <laughs> it's just I want to see the thing that will hook me in. Yeah, um, that makes sense. I imagine, I imagine it will be something that I end up playing at some point regardless. I'll probably end up covering it for IGN. Probably. That's probably how <laughs> I this was is thinking work. that. I wasn't going to say it. Um, <laughs> you know, if, if that is the case, then I would neither confirm nor deny. Um, I, I, I don't know yet. But you don't get it, assigned that far in advance about a game that it, you don't even know the release date of? Most definitely not. No. Oh, that's crazy. Um, <laughs> you, who would have guessed? Who would have known? Um, but yeah, like I, I, from what I've seen thus far, I don't know that it will be a day one for me. I think that's sort mm. of the sentiment I'm getting at. Okay, fair enough. Alrighty, ready for this next one? Do it. Okay, let me get the time code. Um, okay, so um, Naraka Blade Point is going to be free to play starting July uh, 13th, so in a couple days here, um, and it will also be available on PlayStation 5. Um, they're doing a couple of things, so for people that have already purchased Naraka, your account, I believe, is transferable, not transferable, you can play across multiple from what it seems. So you should be able to just play on the PlayStation 5. Like, for example, I bought it on the PC. Um, if you have purchased things previously, they are going to offer you, um, let's see, depending on the edition of Naraka that you purchased, 
Um, you receive a set amount of gold and all editions receive the same items. So you'll receive 1,960 gold for standard edition, 3,360 gold for deluxe, and 4,960 for ultimate. In addition to that, all editions will receive an exclusive avatar, another exclusive Viper Ning outfit, and 10 glorious chest uh, choice gifts. Um, just some interesting things. They've just posted this on their website. Um, it's coming to PlayStation 5 on the same day. Um, you don't have to have a PlayStation Plus account to play, but it will enhance your experience. Um, yeah, just... If you haven't played this game, I highly recommend it. Actually, um, it's a really interesting game. So it's it's um it's a MOBA, but like Chinese mythology kind of MOBA, and like swords and fists and stuff like that. So it's pretty fun, especially now that it's going to be free to play, and it's stunning, or at least it is on the PC. It's absolutely stunning. So why not? Why not play it? I won't be, but uh, you're right because you would never add a free to play game to your library. Hey, what? No, 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 no. <laughs> there is a distinct difference between the free know, monthly games <laughs> that are only free for a limited time and all free to play games. I know. Um, yeah, like, like it's just never. It's I no, um, oh. which is obviously the main hurdle. <laughs> for some um, reason, I thought you played Fortnite. No, well, I mean, I've dipped my toe in for um, some of the work I do at IGN, but I don't play it consistently at all. Um, you know, if, if it's like the start of a new season and there's lots of new things that need like how-tos and things like that, I'll, I'll often cover that. But um, I don't play it like in my free time. Mm. Um, what free time? Well, exactly. Um, <laughs> yeah, so like I, I'm just not, I'm not a big multiplayer person in general. Yeah. Um, but this game in particular just has never appealed to me. I've seen it quite a few times. Um, but I'm terrible at it, it but it's fun. Everything, everything aesthetically and in terms of how the combat presents itself looks like it would appeal to me. But it's just, it's something that I know so in my soul I'm never going to play, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Which is it's just how it, how it, how it folds out sometimes. It's just how so. the cookie crumbles. Yeah. Yep. Mm -hmm. Okay. But hey, free to play on PS Five for people. That's great. Yeah. For well, it's going to be free to play for everybody. They're transitioning to free to play. Yes. Where it was yeah. like a purchase game. So. Yeah. Yep. So you get cool stuff. I'm gonna at least log in now that they're like transitioning to free to play, so I can at least get my items. You know what I mean? So. Hmm. Okay. You ready? The final story of the day the last melon is that is that an i say reference yeah. <laughs> i'm both confused and disappointed that i got that um final fantasy 16's first post-launch update has arrived and it implements a highly requested feature. The option to turn off motion blur. Guess what I'm doing? <laughs> a new toggle in the settings menu will let players make the PlayStation 5 game look less dizzying, which is a boon to everyone with motion sickness. Um, motion blur can be useful 
Yeah, I'm not. It's, it's just like <laughs> there's a little spice thrown into this article we don't need to cover. Uh, yeah. Version 1.0 1. 1.03 of the game went live on PS5 on July 5th, introducing the toggle. Um, I, I when I'm talking about Final Fantasy 16, I almost say toggle. Like I, I, I have to specifically look at that word and say toggle um, that lets players dial motion blur down all the way from a default level of five to zero, should they wish. Zero. I'll it either put it at one or zero. <laughs> also introduces options to turn off automated camera repositioning, another big thing, I think, for some people, um, and three more alternative button configurations. Um yeah, Why do they I, not just let people map their own controller? That's my real question. Um, sure, but I think that, <laughs> I think that I think that with just with the way that like the iconic abilities work specifically, I think that in particular, those need to work a very specific way. Like I think yeah. you you kind of need you, technically you could like remap them to like the D pad instead of mm -hmm. the face buttons, but I think you still you would still need the toggle from one of the triggers mm -hmm. to go into that sub menu of the UI that, to then use the abilities. Yeah, um, so I think that they're just. I mean, you know, you can still set limitations while allowing players to choose their own controls. Sure. Sure, but at least oh, well. in in the absence of that of free, you know, complete freedom, they are introducing multiple um, other configurations. I actually, for my second playthrough, I did use a different configuration to the default, um, oh. and found myself having a, a better time. Actually, I tried um, switching to the other yeah. one. And I like I freaked. I couldn't figure it out. It's like, oh my god, because Taylor well, it's, was like, oh, this other one's way better. Everything, everything, pretty much stays the same, but um, you toggle between. I think, if I remember correctly, you toggle between your icons with triangle, and the oh god, it's either it's like. It's one of the, I think it's L1, or may, maybe not, maybe L2. Because wait, what 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 toggles your icons normally? L2. Anyway, it switches because triangle is usually on default. It's your magic where you fire out your yeah. projectiles. Mm -hmm. It switches that with the, yeah, with L2, which is the icon switch button on default. It switches those two around mm -hmm. so that. Because if you're trying to use, if you're like mashing square for like a basic sword combo and you're trying to get in the timed projectile blast towards the end of that combo to get the full combo, you kind of have to like crab claw your hand a little bit on the yeah. controllers. To oh, keep don't you worry. I'm used to the, the, the claw hand, especially so am I. games, you know? So am I. <laughs> Absolutely. So am I. But um, to be able to like have, that free where you're not having to sort of have two fingers over two separate buttons on the face buttons and you can just hit l2 whenever you want in the middle of a combo it's much easier 
there is like yeah. the growing pains particularly mm -hmm. because i did the other way for the entire first playthrough but mm -hmm. i think once you get into the swing of it that yeah other i swapped be between a and b because taylor was saying b was what he was using and right. when i tried to switch because those are wildly different control schemes yeah yeah it broke my brain i was like nope it's not worth it at this point <laughs> i went right back to a <laughs> yeah c c so. is the one that i think i jumped to mm. um and if 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 a is working for you if the default is working for you don't don't worry but yeah I and it, 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 it worked for me to clarify like i didn't have an issue with the controls the first playthrough but i was like i've heard some people saying that c is better and then i tried it and i i saw the potential so yeah. i powered through the sort of growing pains phase and now that's if I go back, I'll, I'll be using that control scheme. Yeah. I have to say, I... Okay, so I, I want to... So with the motion blur stuff with Final Fantasy sixteen. so one weird, it does not make me motion sick, which usually motion blur will just, like, absolutely take me out, wreck me, like, I'm done. I can't play for more than a couple hours. So this game doesn't give me motion sickness, which is nice. So I'm not getting sick, but I do at times feel like I'm going cross-eyed, with the motion blur because like my brain is trying to process like all of the information going by mm. and I like can't like my eyes like start hurting because I'm like what's happening um, so I will be turning off the motion blur <laughs> or at least I'll be turning it very low but um, it's not because of motion sickness for once it is because of my eyeballs which I've never experienced before but there you go Alrighty, well we made it through the news, you guys. Um, I think we went on. Do you have anything you want to do for Limitless? Or are you okay? There, there is, uh, there's a couple of things that I've percolated, but it, it, I guess it would probably be better to do them with Taylor here, because otherwise I'd have to like rehash it. And you should have. To it's it's it mainly just like a question that oh. I think is an, it has an interesting answer coming from oh. all of us. But um, I mean, I can ask you it, sure. and then I'll just ask Taylor it again. Okay, sure. I mean, it, it would technically be putting you on the spot. That's fine. That's fine. Because um, I've, I've sort of been wondering, you know, the, the whole, like, is this the best year of games ever, that kind of thing. Um, right. Actually, what do, do you agree with that? That this is the best year of games? Yeah. No. Really? Really. And I'm not saying it's a bad year of games. Like, I, I just want to be very, very clear. But, like, last year was, like, my year of games. Interesting. Yeah. I think but in like, terms okay. of, like, how so many like, games are coming out and in yeah. terms of, like, the quality of games that are coming out is, as, like, an industry whole, I think that this is a fantastic year of gaming. And this could be considered, like, oh, this is, like, this gen's, like, year of gaming or whatever, right? So, like, I understand, like, like in terms of, like, the quality of content and the, um like, the quantity of content, like, I understand that, like, saying that, like, this is the year of gaming kind of thing, right? But, like, in terms of, like, the games that I'm looking for, the games that I love, like, Elden Ring, God of War, like, those, those games coming out in the same year was, like, that was it for me, you know? So, so. for personal preference, it, it's yes. not, but in terms of general general audience yes yeah yeah i think that's fair yeah i think a, a, 
I suppose a case could be made for me to pick other years in terms of personal preference, but you know, again, me saying like Final Fantasy 16 is probably going to end up being my favorite game. It's like, well, that coupled with everything else, yeah. it's like I, I'm not sure there's a an argument for me. You know, I think it, I think it just is. It's going to end up being, um, even though most yeah. of the games that have come out this year that are critically acclaimed and beloved, I just I'm not going to play or I don't care about. You know, Tears of the Kingdom, Diablo. Uh, but even not playing those, it's like it's easy to understand. That's like, what, yeah, that's what I'm how crazy like, those games are. Yeah, all being um, in this one year. Armored Core. I mean, I play Armored Core, obviously. I will like, be playing Armored Core. <laughs> the mainline Street Fighter, a mainline Mortal Kombat, uh, Alan Wake, a new Resident Mario Evil. game, Resident Silent Evil Hill. remake, Dead Space remake, Star Wars, Hogwarts Legacy, Final Fantasy sixteen, Starfield, Spider Man two like pikmin for um yeah yeah it's pretty wild um I anyway think that, i think that it's partially because of like the pandemic though right like i don't think that this year would have just like naturally happened on its own i i don't think so not to the degree that it seems to be coming together but yeah like i think i think this still would have been a great year yeah absolutely but the yeah the sort of backlog of the pandemic the final deluge of, of that clog is sort of coming out this year it seems um gross the actual question <laughs> the actual question i wanted to ask uh-huh. is you can pick from any previous playstation console generation but what would be your chosen hidden gem like that basically generation but that you love. Wait, game or generation? Game. Okay. Because I mean, there's not really a hidden gem of a console generation, you know? Yeah, that's why I was like, wait, that question doesn't make sense if it's generation. Okay, yeah. But yes, I, um, I mean, pick a game. It can be from any PlayStation console generation. Hmm. That's a really That good you question. think is like significantly under the radar and is worthy of being shouted out. Um... Yeah, let me look up one game really quick and see. I don't know what this is. This game is on. Yes, it is. Okay. Um, my game, and I'm not saying that this is like my favorite game or like the best game I've ever played or anything like that, but like I don't understand how this like game isn't talked about more. Um, there's a game called Wander Song, and it's a game. It's like a puzzle adventure game that you play as a bard. And I remember when I first started playing that game, I like was crying, like because the game made me so happy and it was just so beautiful. And like, it's so bizarre. Like, it's such a bizarre game. It's so beautiful. It's, it's, it is, it is just such a hidden gem. And um, I have never played anything quite like it. So that's, mm. that's going to be my pick. Uh, to gather adventure. pieces of song to save the world from destruction. Yeah, you just like play this like silly bard, and everything's like rainbow and very colorful, and like you just go sing songs and like and have these like really weird quests. And yeah, yeah, that would be my pick. What's your pick? Nice. Um, <laughs> I, was, I was gonna say just like a joke answer and be like resistance. Um, 
I haven't played that, know, so that's, that would be that, an answer. That's just that's just my heart. Um, although I, I do think it is still underrated, even though it is beloved by many people. Uh, please bring back Resistance for the love of God. I'll take anything. I'll take a remaster of the trilogy. I'll do whatever. My actual pick, though, is um, it's, it's it, it got very good, pretty good reviews at the time. Um, but I, I have never heard of any one single person ever talk about this game other than me. And I don't mean just amongst friends. I just mean in general. I have okay. never seen in any content anywhere people talk about this game. See if you go looking for it, I could find it. But it's never once been mentioned. It is called Spartan Total Warrior, um, it, which is a... Hack and Slash is it's kind of similar oh, to um, the original God of Wars, originally on PS2. Um, and it's made by Creative Assembly, who do the um, Total War, you know, the RTS games. Um, so it's a really big divergence away from what they're normally known for. Um, mm -hmm. This is technically a, a spin-off, but it's not even slightly related. It's a completely original story and whatnot. Um, it's, I don't know, I, as a history nerd from, I mean, I, I still am, but particularly when I was a younger kid, early teens, I was particularly um, oh. into Greek history. Um, and there wasn't really many games outside of like the God of Wars, but that's, you know, exaggerated and not that Spartan Total Warrior isn't either, but it's a bit more of a grounded approach. There was just something about that game. Like I cannot tell you the amount of times I played Spartan Total Warrior from start to finish. Um, it's, it's the kind of thing where I wish if if anything was to get like a remaster or a remake, this would never get it. But I would, if you talk about like a unicorn game that would make you lose your mind, uh, uh, a reveal in a showcase above all else, it would be this. Um, it just holds such a, such a special place in my heart. And it seems like nobody, nobody really knows about it, which is fair. Like it, it's relatively unremarkable in the grand scheme of things, but it did really large scale battles. Um, like it played into Greek mythology in a similar way to God of War, but was more grounded. It's just, it was just great. I highly recommend people just go and look up a little bit of gameplay, and you'll probably look at it and you'll be like, this looks like ass. And you wouldn't necessarily be wrong, but. Above all else, that was the game that I consistently returned to throughout my childhood and sort of early teen years. Even when I had a PS3, this would be something I'd go back to and play on PS2. Yeah, I think it's uh, it's a little old at this point, but it does look interesting. Um, and yeah, I just looked, I was like, as like like how old is this game it's like i think it's at like 2005 so yeah 2005 yeah that's that's nearly 20 years ago brie that is disgusting 
I know you're trying to make me feel old. <laughs> I feel old saying that. There's, there's not much yeah, of a difference. I know. I'm so much older than you. <laughs> that that's just again factually incorrect. As of as of right now, in terms of years, I'm two years older than you. That's not how actual time works, but in terms of years. Okay, but even with that clarification, I think you've just made more of an argument against your initial statement. Because two isn't really that many years. No, it's so, I'm so old. No, it's fine. I'm actually not. But, well, I think this was a fun conversation. One of the games you can play and one of them you can't. Yeah. Actually, you might be able to, like, emulate it, but. You probably can. But I wouldn't. PlayStation, for the love of God, put Sponsor Ori into the PlayStation catalog. The premium. I will never ask for anything ever again. I, actually, that's a lie. I will bring back resistance. But what yeah, if they give please. you resistance and that? That goes on premium. Do you get some sort of Brie, resistance Brie, remaster? Are you done asking for things? Bree, I will die happy on the spot. That's is just <laughs> that's my life over. I'm done. On the spot. You pass away. Yep. Everything I could have ever asked for, it's over. It's done. You don't even play it. You just <laughs> No, no, no. I just I see it and I'm like. My job is done. <laughs> okay. Okay. Fair enough. Yeah. Alrighty. Well, if anybody plays Wander Song, let me know. You can play it on PlayStation 4, Switch, PC. It's on it's right now Steam's having the summer sale. It's on sale for like six bucks. So mm, there you go. Yeah. Alrighty. Well, we'll let you guys go. But thanks for hanging out with us. It was a lot of fun um and yeah you can find us at youtube.com slash save the game media and don't forget to check out the discord if you want to hang out and don't forget to follow us on patreon one dollar please not even like at this point it's like i don't even want the money i just want kevin to have a tattoo on his butt just make just make like 900 accounts however many smurf accounts and just pledge a dollar See, but I can't even get you to pledge a dollar. I'm not going to fund this <laughs> insane goal. It's just I, I am not going to endorse <laughs> it. I can't. The the okay. the the taint that will be in my brain Pun for the rest of my life. <laughs> Wrap up the episode, Bree. Wrap up the episode. Where can people find you? <laughs> People can find me for again potentially the very short term future on Twitter at Sam Heaney, H E A N E Y. You can find me at Fabulous Brianna, um, F A B U L I S T B R E A N N A. And you can find Taylor in the Discord if you want to. He wasn't here this episode, but in spirit, he was here with us. So, alrighty, have a good week, guys. We'll chat with you next week. Bye. Bye. Uh.